Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Ed. First of all, no happy Father's Day to you because you're not a father, but that's the reason why Tom's not here, right? Well, first of all, player, somebody has to be a dad to you. So I am very much Father's Day in that mode today. But yeah, our boy Tom is out celebrating Father's Day and doing a thing. He's an adult now. He doesn't act like it, but he is one. (laughs) Yep. So, Ed, we always have to start out these podcasts asking wacky questions, right? Oh, of course. What you got this week? Oh, man. I'm trying to think here. <laughs> you don't have one ready? Good Lord. I do have one. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to phrase this to you. I asked the question to the people uh, last week about fish. Are they wet or dry? Did you catch that one? I caught that ridiculous question. I almost threw my phone out of the car. <laughs> so let me... Let me explain this to you, right, Ed? Right now, we're both in a dry environment. So if yes. I spill water on you because I don't like you, then you would be considered wet. Yeah. Now, fish, to begin with, they're submerged in water. So if you spill water on it, it technically isn't considered wet because, you know, it was already filled with water. So are fish, when they're underneath water, considered wet in that case? Where do you come up with this weird <laughs> stuff, player? I, I, I guess there's, if you're surrounded in wetness, isn't it still wet? Even I see your point. Yeah. It's not really dry, but everything is wet. Yeah. My brain is about to explode. I don't know how you come up with these weirdo questions. You need to ask your youth group. The youth will know. Oh, they will. I don't know if I want them to answer this question because it will go all bad with the innuendo. Trust me, player. Yeah. But, Ed, one thing that the youth may not know is good music. That's true. Because, well, we got, we got before we even get there, we got a couple of projects that we have to talk about. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, some singles as well. As your shirt says, it was Juneteenth. A lot oh, of yes. artists dropped new records on that day to celebrate, but also talk about some of the issues that are going on right now in the world. Um, so we'll get into that as well. But we got to first off talk about these new projects. We had two very much anticipated albums, one being John Legend, who mm-hmm. you know I am not the biggest fan of. but I've Absolutely got- not. You called him a sleepy lounge singer one time. So here yeah. we are. He is the R&B version of NyQuil, but we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> we'll get to that. I do not agree, but go ahead. Uh, and then we also have Tiana Taylor, who is probably the most beloved R&B artist universally. I don't think anyone hates Tiana. Very talented, great dancer, looks good. Finally dropped her new album, The Album, Ed, that's what it's called. And this was the follow-up to that Kanye album that she dropped, I guess, two or three years ago, Keep that same energy or keep the same energy and that was like a seven track project i actually really liked that one probably more than you did i just felt like as a seven song project it was very consistent the production was great and uh i wouldn't say every song was a five-star classic but i really enjoyed it and this one is not seven songs it's actually like 24 um you've seen the hype on twitter just talk about the hype first oh yeah this song this album is what seven the original album was seven. The last album was seven tracks. This one felt like 70. I know we've been here before. Y'all are going to holler at me. You go to E.T. Bowser on Twitter and tell me how I don't know what I'm talking about. And it's a new day and we don't have these 15 track albums anymore. I am a reviewer of albums. Therefore, when I consume music, 
I consume the whole project from beginning to end. I don't skip and pick out songs and put them on a playlist. I listen to them from beginning to end. And although this album, the album, has some good songs on it, man, it's so long. Mm -hmm. And man, there's so much filler. And man, even though I love the tracks near the end, it kind of chop up a few familiar samples. And I like, I think you compared it to uh, one of Cousin Chris albums, like these eternally gigantic albums. I'll give it an advantage over that because this actually, whereas his things just feels like a content dump. It's just all kind of mm -hmm. random crap. There is at least some cohesion when it comes to the consistency of the theme. She's talking about motherhood and sexuality and, and identity. That's cool because we're all talking about the same thing. But it's just so many songs. Out of the 23 songs, she could have took 10 off and it would have been a much tighter project. Overall, it's okay. And even though everybody on social media was telling me the album is the album of the year, it's the best R&B project of the year, when I did my top 25 albums of the year so far list that I dropped a week or two ago, this probably wouldn't even landed on it. Mm. It's not a bad release. It's not, before y'all tear me up, it's not bad. But because of the length of the project, the overall listen is just okay. And I feel like what the album struggled with, I think, yeah, I think there were too many songs. And of those filler songs, a lot of them started sounding the same. Yep. It was that trap and B sound that everyone does. And I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like every trap and B song um, is about sex. I don't know why. Why can't we have motherhood so motherhood songs with a trap and B beat? Is that not possible? <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. And not only is it about sex. Last, I think on the last podcast, we talked about Chloe and Hallett and how I love that they were able to talk about mature things in mm -hmm. a mature way. Whereas this is just kind of like, you know, sucking on my nipples and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, like you, you can say that without saying that. And I think some of the crassness just kind of makes me roll my eyes. Just not good songwriting to me. Now, there is one song that I really like on the album. Uh, well, the last two on the album are produced by Kanye, and I actually really like those ones because it sounded like the last album. It was mm, probably, They were probably leftovers from the last album. But the first song on the album, the one with Rick Ross, that was a good one. Yeah, I like that one. And there again, there if you chop it up, there's a really good project buried between all this other stuff. It's like getting the Captain Crunch and you're digging for the prize at the bottom. Like, it's all right, but do you really want to eat that much Captain Crunch? <laughs> Get your mouth all tore up, roof of your mouth bleeding. You just want the prize. Like, just give us the prize and we can kind of get away from this other stuff. Now, you know what feature was not good? Big Sean. I don't care what y'all tell me every time he does something. Oh, he's snapping. I have never heard this man snap ever in my life. Every time I hear him, it's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> well, Ed, I got to ask you about this one. Because this has the makings of a great song, but it could also be a disastrous song. Hmm. Have the boom like an 808 sample in the chorus. You've got <sighs> VA's finest, Timbaland and Missy Elliott. My people. And you also have Future, who is your people. Not, not my people, but <laughs> any way, shape, or form. What did you think of that song? I wasn't feeling I love the concept. I didn't even mind the beat. I thought it was a good reimagining. 
but it was just too much stuff going on, player. Like it was just, oh, it was too much going on. Again, take future off, and that's not even me doing my usual future hate. I just felt like there were too many cooks in the kitchen on that song. Mm-hmm. If it was just Tiana and Missy, then that's it. Oh, it might have worked a little bit better. It was too much going on there. I think so. And then there was one record, the one with Quavo. Ed, and I kid you not, and this is how you know not not to take social media serious uh, seriously. There were people on Twitter saying, wow, Quavo sounds great when he's singing. Yes, I heard that too. <laughs> it's like, what? I, you must have the extended edition. What I heard was not great. <laughs> that was uh, that was quite interesting. But shout out to Tiana. A couple of great records on there. Uh, I wouldn't call it album of the year, but, no. it, you know, Tiana always puts out quality and her music videos are always good. Uh, yeah. I still remember. I still have flashbacks to that great one that she did with Kalani. Oh my God! Calm down. Get the get the napkin. Wipe the sweat off, player. I see the sweat beating up. Mm-hmm. But calm down. Again, uh, and I know people are gonna say, "Oh, we're hating on Tiana because she's becoming one of these social media sacred cows." We are fans. I thought that album. What was it called? Like seven something like that. Yeah. That one, now that was some heat. Now, again, it was early on. She didn't really have the themes develop. But sonically, that might be my favorite album from her. She's got some good stuff. But again, the previous album was a little too little. This one was a little too much. Let's find some common ground next time. Next time it will be. Um, Ed, I saw this interesting tweet by someone who said this. A 10-song project is not an album. That is an EP. And he got flamed by it because everyone's like, Thriller was only 10 songs, or was it nine songs? But uh, Purple Rain, very short as well. Like, And his argument, which actually makes sense now that you think about it, yes, it is 10 songs, but you also have to keep in mind that each song is like two minutes long. So it clocks in at 20 minutes. Do you Correct. consider that an EP or an album? Well, again, back in the day, there were definite factors for these things there were qualifications and i can't remember offhand but an ep had a certain time limit and the reason why thriller could be nine songs and be an album is because the songs were four or five minutes today every song is two minutes so yeah it's gonna have a short runtime and to me that's an ep but because the rules have been completely thrown out of the window i remember not that long ago when i did my albums of the year I wouldn't even include EPs and mixtapes because, yeah. and people yelled at me for that. They were like, of course it is. Ugh, times have changed, old man. So these days, I just kind of just like, it's whatever you want to call it, player. Call it whatever. Just make sure it's good. It's just interesting how some actual songs are shorter shorter than some interludes that came out in the 90s. Like, remember I those, thought like, of it like that. You're right. Remember those like Faith Evan interludes? On her first two albums, those were like yes. two minutes and thirty seconds. Sounded great, but those were just interludes. I mean, my man Keith showed me the way. One of my favorites. That's longer than some of the songs on the Tiana, the Tiana album. Yeah. Where have we come? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> uh, and we got to talk about the other album that came out, uh, on Legend. Yeah, Bigger Love. Now, can I take this moment, guys? You guys know I have been on record. To saying that John Legend is the R&B version of Nightwolf. Yes, and I he have is, told you how erroneous that is. But he is sleepy times, and I feel like if you're driving, please do not put on a John Legend album, or you <laughs> might fall asleep at the wheel, and nobody's gonna save you—not even Jesus. Oh my God! 
Give and, a break. And last album that he did, the one I think with Chance the Rapper on the single, he tried experimenting a little. It didn't connect with me at all. No. So what he did on Bigger Love, which is the new one, which it had two singles that came out. One that was on like the TV show. Um, the Last of Us is it? Wait, that's a video game. What was that? The Last of Us is a video game. That's what? not it. What what's that TV show that uh that uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, I don't watch it, but it's a show that makes everybody cry every week. Yeah. Um, uh, you keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. I know the what last, it is. The Last of Us. That's a great game, by the way. <laughs> Not The Last of Us. Um, and then his his single Actions was the one that featured the Dr. Dre next episode sample. That was a great one. Yep. So, this is us. That's what it's called. This album, is us. With a lot of, I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe John has turned the corner, and we won't get that many sleepy ballads. And Ed, I got to tell you, from start, I hit play, and I was ready to hate. I was like, John Legend is not going to deliver. <laughs> the first song goes on. I think it was called Ooh La La. I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. And then Actions comes on. I'm like, all right, John might be working on something. Right. It isn't until like track six or seven that I say, okay, this one's not for me. And not even because it's a bad song, but I think he started dibbling and dabbling into some Afro beats, which is, you know, I'm not a fan of that. So I skipped on ahead and near the tail end of the album, there's a song with Rhapsody. Amazing song. You had a chance to hear that one, you know, yep. amazing. Now, I haven't heard the whole project yet, and I mean, this week has been crazy. I haven't heard anything, but at behest of my boy, I was like, I'll listen to Tiana, and I should have listened to John Legend, because I could have listened to that and probably some other stuff as long as that Tiana album was. But anyway, yes, I liked it. I liked, I thought it was really that soulful John Legend that we missed, and yep. it really, really worked. And plus, Rhapsody, to me, one of the probably top five rappers in the game right now. She killed it as usual. Great track. And I told you, if the rest of the album sounds like this, oh, I'm all down for it. I'm pretty excited about listening to it. Yeah, Raphael Sadiq helped produce some of it. Uh, Camper did the last few. Eric Hudson did the Rhapsody joint. But um, as I continued listening to it, I'm like, this is a pretty good body of work. The the piano ballads, there are obviously going to be a few in there. Let's not pretend like he's not going to throw some piano ballads in there. Of course. But I, what I liked is that he mixed it up. He gave us some different things. And um, yeah, all in all, I got to say, I was very impressed. Um, we might have to start apologizing to John Legend for calling him NyQuil. Uh, we'll oh, give him you will have to do that because I never called him that. That's true. I'm sorry, John. You've delivered on this one. And I continue to listen to this album and I look forward to all future releases. So, John, keep doing your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would see today. See, never say that we don't change our opinions because if you drop something new, we down with you. And the most amazing thing is John Legend actually liked my tweet when I said hey, we're three songs into this album and it's pretty good. And he likes it. So maybe he's been paying attention. Well, I have been fishing for compliments. I'm sure that he's very excited about this. I love it, John. So, um, wow, where am I going to go with this one? Uh, we really apologize to some legend. Uh, Ed, can we talk about Justine Scott here? Bear with me. She dropped the album. Now, you might recognize this project because she dropped the EP last year. She's added a couple of songs to the EP to turn it into an album. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't 
don't mind it. I remember when Lloyd did the same thing a year or two ago with his yep. project, and a lot of people were kind of weirded out by it. And it was like, oh, this is the same thing. Well, I don't mind it building upon it. Sean Stockman did that just this year, too, where yep. he kind of added a ton that Sean EP into the full album. It's cool. I don't mind it. Now, if you pick the scraps and put the worst songs on your project, then I got beef with you. Overall, if it's just kind of a teaser into a larger project, cool with me. And this will lead up to her new EP that she has coming out with Timbaland. Ed, I think you've seen a couple of clips with her and Timbaland on Instagram. Timbaland's playing the beat. She's singing to it. I feel like Justine hasn't had her moment yet. And I could say this for a lot of R&B artists, Victoria mm-hmm. Monet being another one. Um, I think with Justine, she definitely has the look. She looks great. I think talent-wise, she's fine. She can sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, performance, I think she's pretty good, too. What is it going to take for her to get to that next level? Do you think this Timbaland EP is going to help? I think it could. I haven't heard it. Um, I did like the EP last year. I thought it was okay. Maybe this is a time to build upon that. But to me, I feel like it's the same as Victoria Monet. And honestly, Tiana Taylor, if we want to be all the way real, they're yep. just missing that hit. They're missing that song. Say what you want about her. And you, we won't say anything bad because Tom ain't here. He was here. He'd say something bad. But her has recognizable, good songs that yep. people can say, okay, that's her hit. That's her hit. That's her hit. As much as people love Tiana, I dare you to name three Tiana songs. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can. You remember her sweating in video, but you don't remember her actual tracks. Yeah. Same thing with Justine. You know she's talented. You know she has the look. You know she's got everything. She's got the the big name producer behind her. But yep. I dare you to name three or four songs. You can't. Yeah. They just need the actual hits to take them to the next level. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge with these artists trying to break through. Um, her is one that's done it. Ella May's another one. Summer mm-hmm. Walker has done it, but. It's far and few between uh, for people to do that. So we'll see with Justine if she's able to pull through. Now, Ed, um, I can't believe we've, how long has it been? It's been 20 minutes and we haven't mentioned this Beyonce record yet, which I'm sure your wife has been going nuts over. Social media has definitely been as well. Uh, When Beyonce drops a new song, I never really know what to expect because, first of all, she just drops it out of nowhere most of the time now. Uh, This is a trap song, right? Yep, it is a trap song, and you know how I feel about trapping B, B. So, yeah. Again, this is a song, and it fits the time. And a lot of people have talked about on social media, they've said kind of like, you know, all this social empowerment song, blah, blah, blah. Why do we always listen, y'all? Music reflects the time. And these are very challenging social times that we live in. If you look back at the 60s and the 70s, all that music was about social unrest. So, of course, it's going to be about it now. You can't be mad at Kendrick Lamar because he didn't tweet about the struggle and then get mad if someone puts out a positive song. I'm still pissed off about that in the J. Cole beef. But see me on E.T. E.T. Bowser on Twitter to see me fuss about that and the no-name stuff. We won't get into that here because I don't want to get the podcast canceled. However, this, the song from Beyonce, Black Parade, it was all right. It was, again, kind of that trap and be thing, and it has a couple one-liners, kind of like her feature with um, Megan Thee Stallion that everybody raved over before the world ended. It just mm-hmm. talked about how 
It's Easter Pool with Beyonce stuff. And I, and I heard it was co-written by Jay-Z, and it's quite obvious. I'm sorry, y'all can get mad, but it's quite obvious. Because it has those nuggets in it that he has, those hip-hop nuggets where you can pull out this line and pull out this line and pull out this line. Like, oh, she's snapping. Oh, she's snapping. But is the overall song? It's not for me. I'm not feeling it. I do like some of her other stuff, and I like the intent. But this is not something that I would spend regularly. I'm sure my wife is going to bust in here in the door any second and yell at me, but she can have it. I don't really know. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Ed. I spent the last couple of days revisiting Beyonce's discography. And, I mean, we know she's like this super huge star, but I went back and listened to some of the, those earlier albums. And, I mean, I, I don't think it really needs to be said, but she's actually really, really talented. And I don't think... At least for me, I, I appreciated that talent enough because, like, now all I hear is trap stuff from Beyonce, and it's not that exciting anymore. Right, and I think people take it for granted. We were talking in the cipher, Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook, by the way. Go join if you aren't there. Kyle's there. You know what's up. And we were talking yesterday about stand culture and if stand culture is problematic. And I made the comment that stand culture is problematic because these stands are so freaking overbearing it will actually make you dislike an artist. There are so many. How many times have you seen people say, ah, Beyonce, all right, but I can't stand those beehives, and that makes me dislike her. We forget how good she is because we're so annoyed by her stands and how overexposed she is. But go look at B-Day and those earlier albums. That girl was putting it in. And it's easy to forget today when it's all rapping all the time and hype. Yeah, but uh, shout-outs to Beyonce. She's going to be playing Storm sometime soon. She is, is not playing Storm. Stop believing Twitter. All right, Ed, but let me flip this to you. Uh, once Beyonce is done with the uh, the trap stuff, I have a new direction for her to go in. What would that be? Hear me out here. We're going to need the, the 2001 Neptune drums. No, but it always comes back to the 2001 Neptune drums. But hold on. Instead of the space sounds, what we're going to have, we're going to have Pharrell and Chad sample the X-Men 90s TV show theme song, and we'll have <laughs> Neptune drums over it. What? First of all, I'm down for that. I'm actually yeah. okay with that. Why do you, how do you think of this stuff? Yo, this stuff. that 90s X-Men theme song is like top five, dead or alive. That's R&B right there. No question. That is an R&B banger right there. I forget that that's on Disney+. Plus. I need to rewatch you, you sure do. Um, a couple more Juneteenth projects, or not projects, but singles that came out. Her dropped a new one called I Can't Breathe. And again, her always seems to deliver when it's needed. So don't really have much to say about that one. Her is talented. We're still waiting on the album, of course, but another great one. Trey Songs dropped one. This was probably a couple of weeks prior to uh, Friday, the song How Many Times. And this was a powerful record, and it really reminded me of the Young Trey songs on the first yeah, album. I agree. It gave me kind of that Trey Day, that gotta make it vibe. He just had this energy about him. So I hope he brings this to the next project. I actually like this one a lot. This is one of the better Trey songs tracks I've heard in a minute. Well, Ed, he's not talking about diving in and being your panty dropper, so. It's funny how that just changes things when you're talking about something of substance and mm -hmm. not draws and jumping in water. You get to ask him if fish are wet. You would know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I got to talk about Alicia Keys, and we spoke about John Legend earlier. 
But before we even talk about this new Alicia Keys record, can we talk about the versus battle? Because, and I'm going to state some facts here. Now you I, can talk about it. I didn't watch it. So I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. But what I heard. Oh my God, what you heard? What I, so I guess we're being catty oh. patties now. But what I heard, Ed. <laughs> Please. Proceed. Um, it only had like 145,000 people in there. To put it in perspective, I think Jagged Edge and 112 had like 700,000. Yep. And I and and this was predicted. I mean, again, in the cipher, usually for every battle, there's like this post and people are commenting like a hundred posts, and it's like everybody's going crazy. I think there may have been one post with like two comments on it. No one was interested, and I think that to me. It's a little unfair because there's this perception of these two. You know, as you said, John Legend is Mr. Sleepy Night Quill Piano Man. And then <laughs> Alicia Keys is the evil person that stole somebody's husband. We even know the whole family hangs out and goes to the beach together. So clearly mm -hmm. they're okay. And even though they have both had some lackluster recent runs, I mean, you go back, especially Alicia, from 2000 to 2010, she was undefeated. Like, you can't take away from that. So I just think that recent events kind of had people soured on it. Yeah, the only thing that I heard about it that uh, was negative was that uh, the video was, like, on delay. Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, the the audio and the video weren't syncing up, so it's it looked like Alicia Keys was lip-syncing half the time. That's annoying. Yeah, so... That's why we're working on this uh, on this Instagram live podcast, and we might not get it done because I don't want to end up like them. <laughs> Please don't. You need yeah. to get my slander in real time. You don't need to get it five seconds after. Exactly. Uh, but Alicia Keys did drop a new record here. Uh, I think it was called Perfect Way to Die. It's a piano ballad. And uh, Ed. Player, uh, I, I, I know did, what you're going to say. Just go I on did, and say it. I gave John Legend a pass because I actually like the album. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think Alicia Keys gets that uh, that 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 same pass here. I didn't think so. I mean, it's she meant well. It all of her stuff it always means well. I don't want to go off because it's not like you know with the Tiana song with the licking on the nipples or whatever. Like it's not bad. Like it always means well, but it just comes off so. Dull. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, I'm just singing about how sad the world is on my little piano. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not bad, but I would never want to listen to it again. And that is not the Alicia of old. Well, Ed, I got to point out her vocals on that song. Oh, well, I'm afraid where this is going. I don't know. Just when I listened to that song, she sounded rather rough on that song. I don't know if it was rather just rough. I don't know if it was just me, and I love Alicia Keys, but vocally, it just it didn't sound good to me. I don't know well, how you felt. She's had better days vocally. I didn't think it was that bad. Honestly, I don't really remember it standing out being that horrible, but I just accept that Alicia of 2020 does not sound like Alicia 2004. Like, sure. I just kind of know that. So... Uh, it's not pristine. It didn't jump out at me where I was like writing those like this is trash. But I can definitely understand what you're saying. Well, Ed, a lot of these major label albums now are usually ten or eleven songs. They kind of cap it off at that. Unless you're Chris Brown, then you get forty. Ugh. Alicia Keys, since we started talking, has dropped 
probably at least five songs that were yeah. supposed to be on her album. We're close to just having the whole album out. This if is all of these songs are making the album because yeah. if it were me, about four or five of them songs would not be on that album because they were not hitting. There was one or two that were okay. I'm sure the Ed Sheeran song would be there, so you know that's going to be a definite. But she got to get, she got to pay that song off. But the rest of them, I don't know. Yeah, like it's not looking good. Even that Miguel record, it felt like so long ago. I know it felt like forever ago, and I remember people were giving me grief because I didn't have it on my. Best songs of the 2010s list. They're like, this song is incredible. You've forgotten about it. You forgot where you came from. She's a pioneer. I'm like, mm-hmm. the song's okay. And the reason we've forgotten about it shows that it didn't have lasting power. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens with Alicia. Still waiting on the album. I think her tour, well, I think her tour definitely is pushed back now. But still waiting on the album here. And, and we've got a couple more projects that I want to talk about here. Uh, Q Parker dropped his new song with. Uh, I'm surprised you're not on the song because there's like 40 people on it. <laughs> Basically everybody, yes. Man, I love this one though. I mean, it reminds me of the. Um, oh, it just flew out of man. What's the song from the 90s with all the brothers on it? Mm, um, I'm losing my R&B cred here because I know yeah. I can like hear it and I see the video and they're like all on the stage. Yeah. But whatever, and somebody's gonna tear me up in the comments because I forgot. I remember why as I talk. But anyway, this song is featuring everybody. I mean, it's got Montel, it's got Genuine, it's every RBR you can think of. I think even your boy Jacquees pops up. Yep. But it really works. It, it what seems like should be a mess actually comes together pretty well. I like this one a lot. The record is called I Need You. It's off uh, Q Parker's Bridge album that he's going to be dropping later this year. Uh, it's going to be quite exciting. I will say that. Q Parker, one of our friends on the site, good guy as well. So shout outs to Q Parker. Uh, Ed Tweet dropped the new record. She's finally back with something. I admit it. And Tweet always delivers vocally. She has a very distinctive sound. Some people love it. Some people might not. But Ed, this just sounds like classic Tweet to me. Yeah, it sounds like classic tweet, and I will never discredit classic tweet. It doesn't sound like we're talking about Alicia, how Alicia has the good era and the not-so-good era. This sounds like straight-up tweet that we know and love. So it wasn't a song that sounded like a standout by any means, but it's definitely to remind us that she's still here, she's still doing her thing, and she still sounds good. So I enjoyed it for what it was. Exciting times. And uh, speaking of exciting times here, Ed, August Alcina has announced that he will be making a comeback later this month with a new album. Ed, August Alcina has been gone for like, and, and I know he dropped a mixtape. I think it was, I'm getting my dates confused now. I think it was this year, but it may have been last year. But is it too late for August? He's been gone for a while, actually. Not only you have noticed that August Alcina has been gone. He has not been ever high on my list. Good for him <laughs> if he wants to slide back up into the mix, but I will not be holding my breath on that. I think that there will be an audience that will be like nostalgic for him, but as far as missing him in the grand scheme of R&B or whatever it is he does, eh. Damn, August Helsina is now considered nostalgia. We're getting old. We old, player, we old. <laughs> That's crazy. And, uh, man, I got to announce this one here. Keisha Cole signed with new management, Primary Wave, our good people. So, Ed, we do a lot of interviews with Primary Wave. Do you think we're going to get a Keisha Cole interview? 
I don't know. I think she's still pissed off at y'all for whatever you did. I don't yeah. know what you did to her, but she's still mad. Y'all still blocked. I don't know. Well, I think this is how it's going to turn out. I can already envision it. Primary Wave will set up the interview with us without telling Keisha Cole, because they probably don't know that True. we're beefing. Tom will show up to, you know, Primary Wave's office. True. Wearing a You Know I Got Soul t-shirt, like the one, I'm, one I'm wearing right now, which will be on sale very soon. Um, he'll be setting up. Keisha Cole will walk in, see the t-shirt, and throw a hissy fit. And at that point, do you think the interview continues? Actually, what I think is going to happen is everything that you said will happen, except she will see Tom and forget that she blocked y'all. Mm. And it's kind of gone as normal. Because I guarantee you, whatever she blocked y'all over was so minuscule that she doesn't even remember. So she could just be like, oh, hey, what's up? That's what I bet happens before anything. And then after that, is Tom supposed to ask, hey, why did you block us? Uh, Tom would ask that. Don't ask that. If you gotta, don't ask it. I mean, you gotta ask it so that she unblocks us and then she'll retweet our interview. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. You would hope, but she might unblock you and then still not retweet your interview. So, or should we talking about? Ain't no tell. Or Tom will ask and remind her why we were blocked, and then she'll throw a hissy fit then. <laughs> Kick him out of the room. Can y'all have that one? Make sure that one's IG live, so I can see all that happen in real time. Because I need to troll in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Keisha, so like I said, new management, and she's also reunited with Ron Fair, who was her producer on the first two albums, the two Keisha Cole albums that we really, really love. To the ones that, yes, I, w- I am all for that kind of reunion. Wait, 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 wait. Black Men United. Yes. There you go. Yep. There it is. You will know. See, I, once you said United and Union, I thought of it. Wow. Got my cred back. That's anyway. Impressive. Yes. So. My, <laughs> I'm very excited because I was very bothered by that. Anyway, I'm really excited about seeing that coming together because, as you know, those first two albums, especially that second one, ooh, yeah. Keisha. And I think she still has some gas left in the tank. So I would love her to revisit kind of that sound that really helped her come to prominence. And don't you feel like we ask the same question about Keisha Cole every album? Is this the comeback album? So I got to ask, is this the comeback album? The only reason, usually we say this, and I'm like, player, we will see, because I never get my hopes up. I am hopeful that if she is going back to the original team and sound, that we might be able to recapture some of the magic. Doesn't always work. We saw it when Brandy tried to get back with with your boy Dark Child. It didn't quite work. It could possibly work. And she definitely has some stuff to talk about. So we'll see. I'm not getting my hopes up too high, but I think this is a better chance than we have had previously. Well, I think it's important for fans and listeners to understand that they're not in the same position or place in their life that they were probably back in 2006, 2007. Isn't Keisha Cole like married now or dating like a young guy? I get so confused. One minute she married, one minute she dating some little kid. I don't know. So last I heard, she was dating a guy that was a little bit younger than her and Twitter was tearing her up. I don't know if they're still together or if they're married or what. But that I have talked about that many times in the past where people will reunite or give us a comeback album. And they're like, oh, it's going to be like 1994 Brandy again. Like, Brandy was 16. She is a <laughs> woman now. She's in her 40s. She can't revisit that that easily. 
So you have to give artists an opportunity to speak from their life experiences. Can't ain't no hopping in the hot tub time machine, player. Yeah, and, and that's that's my point. Like I, I don't think we can expect a sad album from Keisha Cole if she's not in that place in her life. Exactly. Maybe she's happy. I hope. If not, you're gonna find out when you interview her. <laughs> R.I.P. to to Tom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tom is gonna be the one to bear the brunt of it. Make sure you're not in this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh uh bad news for you. And we don't really have to talk about this, but uh, someone was asking if uh, Tamar Braxton and K. Michelle should do a versus battle, which set off like K. Michelle and Tamar throwing shots at each other on Twitter. It's not that serious, is it? It's not that. I don't think people understand what versus battles are. Versus battles, y'all, like stay with me. Stay with your boys. I can explain what a versus battle is. It is between two established artists with a deep catalog where they go back and forth 20 songs in 20 songs. Yeah. Name, I go give you, I'll give, I'm going to say $2,000. I'll give you 2,000 rolls of toilet paper because wow. that is still precious in these days. If somebody can name 20 K. Michelle songs, 20 K. Mar songs, like it just doesn't work that way. Ed, I'll, I'll give you another 1,000 if you can name 20 songs combined from the two of them. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to do five songs a piece because it's not it's not we keep trying to put like, oh, we've got to put this person and this person together. It doesn't work if the catalogs don't match and if the catalogs aren't deep enough. Neither one of them have a catalog deep enough for verses. And I don't I know some of them like they've got four albums. Okay, we'll name ten singles. You can't. Because they don't have it. Give them and- time to breathe. Here, here's my issue with the versus battles. Well, I've got two issues here. The first one is, I remember the earlier ones, like the Sean Garrett versus Dream one. Like, it was a actual battle. Like, they had, I wouldn't say they had beef, but there was tension. So, like, they would be sending death threats to each other. Now, we don't want to do that. Oh, my God. It, it, was, it was pretty crazy in there. But I think right now it's a little too friendly between two people doing a versus battle. Like, there has to, I don't know. I, I understand it's a celebration and all, but. Well, it's it's different ways to look at it because to me, you know, I'm from the hip hop world. People are going to and hip hop is competitive. Like it's not it's not beef. And that's what young fans don't understand. Like there was a time when you would have a posse cut for like four rappers on a song. And those four rappers were like, I am going to drop the hottest verse. And it would get very heated in the booth. And we would reap the benefits. Because you got these top tier artists literally trying to outwrap each other. Now ain't nobody got no hunger, so it's just we spit out and do whatever. But there's a difference between competitiveness and straight up beef. Like they aren't trying to shoot each other. What we're seeing in these battles, well, these versus battles, is it's like, oh, we're going to celebrate each other. It's going to be no beef. It doesn't have to be beef, but I still would like it to be competitive. That's what I'm missing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the one that I'm still waiting on, Ed, and I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened. But Bobby V and Pleasure P weren't they supposed to battle? And then like it, it didn't happen, and we still haven't seen it. It didn't happen. Twitter trolled them to death, and they were like, "Oh, aren't the songs with Bobby V?" Now listen, Bobby V, give him credit. Bobby, I don't know if he has twenty, but he's got more than K. Michelle, and he's got more than Tamar. I don't know if your boy Pleasure P's got 20, though. So, again, that was supposed to happen. And then I don't know if, like, 
social media just crapped on it so bad they didn't do it. And I know Bobby V threw a fit. I think Bobby V has a little bit more substance than people give him credit for. Yeah, so we shall see what happens with that one. Now, Ed, we got to go quickly now into the soul back track of the day. Uh, what you got this time? Well, we're not gonna go with the. We'll just we're not gonna go with the record "Love" by Keisha Cole because I know you don't like that song. No, uh, oh, since, it makes my soul burn. <laughs> but since we're on the topic of Alicia Keys and Keisha Cole, um, and Keisha Cole just celebrated 15 years of her debut album. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that song? I just wanted to be over because that I don't think that took off, right? It didn't, and I really like that song. That was the song I believe that dropped before Love, but it was after I changed my mind. I think that was a if I'm remembering right. I'm no, over y'all. Was, I, uh, I think I should have cheated. Came out before Love. Okay, so it was. I remember that that was the song before the song that started to hit, and that one kind of was the one that started giving her a little bit of momentum, and then yeah. Love, you know, took off. So that was kind of like that bridge single, and it didn't quite hit. But I really liked it. And yeah. as you talk about, we talked about reunions. We need to get Crucial and Alicia. Yeah. Somehow, y'all need to fix that. Do something. Pray on it. Do something. Intervene. We need those two together. Because we need that reunion. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give you another soul backtrack of the day here. Because I posted this guy's album cover about a week ago. And it got so much love. And I think the reason for that is because people kind of forget that this guy made music and made an impact. Um, Ryan Leslie, were you yes. a Ryan Leslie fan? I was not, I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest, because he has, he's one of those guys that has like a pocket of the internet where people go crazy for him. Yeah. And I wasn't a fanatic, but I definitely appreciate what he did. And he has some joints that I like. So yeah, we don't talk about him enough. Yeah, and Ed, I got to break this news to you. You know how I was giving Usher my phone number, Tanache my phone number? Like a crazy. Is that, that who calling you now? No, Ryan Leslie, that's his company. That's his idea. That was his idea? Uh, yeah, Superphone, that's his idea. Well, we know who's stealing your, your data now, Ryan Leslie. Thank him. So, so we got Ryan Leslie stealing my data, and we got Spectacular running my social media. I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who would have thought in 2020 you're getting jacked by Ryan Leslie and Spectacular? We have come so far. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Spectacular was beefing with uh, Tory Lanez the other day. That was random. What? Well, Tory Lanez is notorious for sampling uh, records, old yes. songs, we and turning that. it into his own. Um, I think what happened was he sampled a pretty Ricky song, and in return, he was supposed to have Spectacular on the song. Mm-hmm. But uh, he didn't put Spectacular on the song. So it kind of broke that agreement. And uh, yeah, they're not friends anymore. Tory Lanez, don't get me started on that guy. He is not high on my Christmas card list. Trust and believe. And I never thought I was high with Spectacular on something. But I'm with Mr. Ab Man on this one. He can go and <laughs> grease up the abs because you're right. He's a piece of garbage. Oh, man. Uh, Ed, are we ready for the play of please here? Yes, I thought we were just talking about Player Please with your boy Tory Lane stealing songs. No, no, no. Uh, this is a Player Please slash love letters here. Okay, well, this is my, this is all me. This is all me. My wheelhouse player hit it. So I have a good friend of mine. Um, he's around your age, I would say. You're, mm -hmm. you're close to 40. You're not 40 yet, right? I hit 40 in October. You don't remember this? Oh, right. Okay, well, I think he's a little bit younger than you. Um... 
he is now engaged to someone that is much younger than me, who just turned into an adult. What? So someone around your age is dating a 19-year-old. I was going to say, that's probably a teen. Yeah. So uh, Please clean this up before I go off on you, person. Because this is well, saying, ugh. I'm not naming names here. Naming names here. No, don't name names. Don't incriminate us. No. Uh, but my good friend said that uh, he didn't start officially dating this girl until she turned into an adult. How do you perceive that statement right there, Ed? Well, oh my gosh. Here's the problem with that. When you say, I didn't officially start dating her until she became an adult. That means you knew her prior to her becoming an adult. That means you were eyeballing her prior to her becoming an adult. That means, 40-year-old brother, you were eyeballing a kid. You're gross. That's a problem. Wow. So... Yeah, that, that is the play, please. I'm not going to name names here because I don't want to get sued, but I thought that was a very interesting uh, conversation. Your friend is nasty is what I'm saying. I mean, look, I know I'm sensitive to this because I work with a lot of teenagers and I don't know, like, it's just nasty. Like, I don't care how attractive they are or whatever. They're kids. Like, they don't even speak like we speak because they're... 30 years our junior. They are talking about kids stuff. They're talking about how Summer Walker is a great vocalist. And I'm like, what? That's what you <laughs> deal with when you have to... Oh, oh, I know. I see them as children. I love them, but they're kids. I don't see them as sexual beings. Uh, and my friend also has dropped some great songs, but we're just going to leave it at that. We'll no, your friend has also been on TV shows. I long figured out who your friend was. He's all, he also has a Netflix show. Really? Yeah, he's on Netflix. He plays, and this is actually pretty funny. So I think he plays like a high school teacher. You are lying to me. He plays I'm a not, high school teacher. I'm not. And then uh, one of my other friends, uh, who is an artist too, she plays, and she's probably around your age as well, but she plays an actual high school student. So weird things going on over there. What kind of high school is this where they got 40-year-old students and 40-year-old teachers? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Dude, what but is going on? It's on Netflix, though, so go catch that. Uh, but, Ed, are you ready for the other player, please? I guess, because this one was a doozy. What you got now, player? I, I oh totally forgot about this until I looked at the time and said we still have a little bit left. So, uh, party next door? What about that guy? Well, he said something along the lines of, like, he's the most impactful R&B artist of this generation, but he doesn't get the love he deserves. And the most impactful? Please describe impactful, because you might mean, I think he's mixing up his eyes. He might be the most inconsiderate. He might be the most ugh, irritating. But how are we talking about it? He's the most impactful. What has Party Next Door done that's impactful? I don't know. You have to tell me because he feels that way and there might be a group of people that do as well. I don't I don't know. I don't really listen to party like that. Well, if you are so impactful, Mr. Party. Oh, listen, you are on the R&B podcast, the number one R&B podcast mm -hmm. in the game today. Yep. I will ask my partner, Kyle, this name one party next door song. I can. No, I can't do it. Well, this dude is impactful. He is changing the face of R&B. That's what you told me, but you can't name one song from this guy? 
Him and his Drake cloning is not enough to impact R&B. Yeah, so I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was rather interesting. Rather uh, interesting is a nice way to say a big old lie. When does yeah. he? I don't understand how these artists getting just admit your lane. Like he's had some popular singles. He had to going up on the Tuesday or whatever that mess was. Yep. So like, just be like, hey, I got a couple hits. I'm trying to do my other stuff. I might be one of the most unappreciated artists in the game. I don't agree, but that would make a better point than whatever foolishness he was saying. Impactful. You stole your whole thing from Drake, who stole it from the weekend. You're a two-time buyer. Like, how is that impactful? Actually, speaking of Drake, and I read this too, people say that Drake stole Ryan Leslie stuff. Can you confirm this? How do they say that? How did he steal Ryan Leslie stuff? Because when Ryan Leslie came out, he was sort of rapping and singing as well. Yeah, but he didn't invent rapping. And that goes by, that's like that person from the newspaper that said that Drake invented rapping and singing like Lauryn Hill wasn't doing that in 94. So that's people not knowing what they're talking about. I don't see that comparison at all. I will say early Drake did sound like Fonte of Mm -hmm. Little Brother. Now that I can kind of see. Early Drake did sound like a Little Brother clone. And that's the one time I kind of liked Drake because he was... There was actually like some soulfulness to what he was doing, not whatever we got now. But that's another conversation. Ryan Leslie, I ain't seeing that. That's true. All right, let's end it with this question here. This is this is not a trivia. Mm-hmm. This is a critical thinking, uh, brainstorming thing that we're doing here. Okay, now I couldn't even remember the Black Men United, so I don't know how I'm going to go on this. Well, this is this, this won't kill your brain. Uh, this should be rather easy, actually. Aside from Bad Boy, because we love Diddy. Yeah. I don't love Diddy, but I like Bad Boy. Anyway, go ahead. Which hip-hop label would you say has created the best R&B music, aside from Bad Boy? That's a great question. Now, see, the first thing that pops to mind would be So So Death. But... Would you consider LaFace a hip-hop label? No. Okay, because they would be high on the list. Because LaFace had rap acts. Yeah. Um, I want to say So So Def, but I guarantee you I'm forgetting somebody. Because really, So So Def just really had, you know, they had Escape, and then they had a few others, Your Girl, um, Dondria, and they had a few others. But I want to say So So Def, who you got? Are you kidding me, Ed? Murder Inc. Irv Gotti. My Shanti. I thought we could get through one episode without you losing your mind over Murder Inc. What think, are you talking about? You count the Ja Rule songs as R and B now? Are they not? No, they're not. <laughs> no. Are they not, Ed? <laughs> well, they might. He might get a Grammy for it now. Your boy, um, Harvey changed the rules, so all those Ja Rule records about getting R and B albums. All of them get R&B trophies. Well, Ed, let's actually think about this hip-hop label discussion. Because I'm trying to think here. So, So So Def had Jagged, they had Escape, and they had Dondria. And I guess you can count Anthony Hamilton, but I personally wouldn't. Yeah, and they had Cherish. Wasn't Cherish on So So Def? Or like a hot I didn't know they were just affiliated, but okay, yeah. They had a few. They had a few. Murder Inc. had Ashanti. Yeah. Um, 
think uh, Black Child probably sang on a couple of songs. I'm sure he did while he was in the shower. <laughs> That's true. Uh, oh, and they had Vanessa Carlton for an album, but she's not really R&B either. Vanessa Carlton, I forgot all about that. You keep talking. I need to charge up this laptop. Keep going. All right. Rockefeller. Which is kind of a sleeper, but I don't think they had enough hits from these R&B artists. They had Rel. Uh, they had Nicole Ray at some point. I want to say they had one more. I, I'm forgetting. I Chris think John. They had yeah. Chris John. Yeah, exactly. They were really the headliners. Rel. I don't. Did Rel even come out with an album? No. I don't know if his album ever dropped. No. Um. Who else do we have? We have. I think T. Uh, what's the name? Tierra Marie might have been on Rockefeller. Tierra Marie, correct. Yep. Yep. Rough Riders. Who did they have? They had Profile, but I don't think they yeah. did much. They had a good album, though. That was a really good album. Um, who else do we have? Death Row. They had Danny Boy. We like Danny Boy. Well, uh, Danny Boy was the sole R&B voice there. That ain't working. So so death looks like they're running away with this thing. Wait, didn't Death Row also have Nate Dogg? Yeah. And they but had... did he come out with his album then? Because no. I know his his album might have been after Death Row. Yeah. You know, right. Death Row was for the youngest that don't know. I know y'all just be watching these documentaries and these biopics. Death Row was a hot mess. So a lot of the stuff, the artists that you know from Death Row didn't even have music for real there. That's true. All right, so we're going to go with the rankings here. Number one will be Murder, Inc. What? First of all, Murder, Inc. is at the back of the line. Next. Right, we'll, we'll put them at number three. So number one is obviously Bad Boy. Obviously. Number two, I would say, is Social Death. Okay. Number three, I'm going to say Murder, Inc. I don't know. Uh, it depends if we're counting LaFace. If you don't want to count LaFace, okay. No, we're not counting LaFace. Okay. If we're counting LaFace, then they're probably number one. Yes. And then everyone gets shipped down. Um, what about Young Money? Who do, who do they have? The reason, the fact that you have to ask me who they had shows me they ain't got nobody. Who was the girl with the um the nose ring with the chain that like wrapped around? Oh, uh, Chanel. Yeah, Chanel. Like the other than that, that's it. Unless well, you count had, Drake. They had like Omarion for like two months and then he left. That don't count. Yeah. Cash uh, Money had um. Um, what's the girl? Tina Marie for two seconds and Lil Mo for two seconds. Yeah, all right. I guess we're going to go with Bad Boy here. No, this which, guy. <laughs> which is probably the right like Bad Boy. Which is probably the right answer. I uh, feel like we're forgetting somebody, though. Somebody in the comments will remind us. I'm sure we're forgetting someone. Because um, I'm not going to let Murder Inc. be number three. Somebody has to be above those jokers. KDE? They have SZA. And they have Sir. That's true. They're still a little new, though. Yeah. I unfortunately would have to put Murder Rink above them. I hate to give you that, but I might have yeah. to put them above that. Yeah, Foolish is still bigger than any SZA song. Let's not forget it. You're, you're correct. You're correct. I hate to agree with you, but you're correct. All right. I'm just trying to think of one more here before we get out of here. Uh, I don't think J. Cole's peoples have any. Uh... J. Cole's people? Dreamville, like they got Ari. That's true. Um, I feel like they got somebody else I'm forgetting. Don't they have somebody else? I don't know. But again, they're kind of they're a little too new for this combo. Yeah. I feel like 
I don't know, maybe like Mike Jones or like Paul Wall. One of those guys probably have like an R&B act that we're forgetting here. Paul Wall doesn't have an R&B act? You think he has somebody with a grill singing backup for him? No. All right. Wait, what about Nelly? Dirty ENT. Who did they have? Nobody worth mentioning. Nobody. Even Nelly isn't worth mentioning. He doesn't care. Wait, what What about about Star Trek? Well, no. What's the girl? Well, they had Khalees. Yeah. But she was she the only one that came out? No one else, I think, came out. Yeah, I think that was about it. Um, oh, I just thought of one here too. I think we're running out of time here. Um, um, yeah, we're gonna have to. What about aftermath? Uh, they had um truth. They had truth hurts. They had Marsha for a minute. Aftermath is kind of like Death Rota. Like, people were on it, but then they released music on it. It, it was a weird situation. That's I don't true. know if any of her stuff were, like, Death Row. I mean, Aftermath albums. That's true. All right, Ed, I think we're done brainstorming here. We'll put the ink at number three. Oh, my God. Concrete Rose has done it. Anyways, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? <laughs> oh, my God. More than what's going on with this podcast, clearly. Now, this past week... Your boy was grinding, so Soul and Stereo has been a little bit dormant, so if you missed it last week, be sure to go check out our 25 best albums, hip-hop and R&B of the year so far. It's been kind of a weird year, so it was kind of tough scrapping up together 25 albums, but we got to shout out the artists who put out some good work, and maybe you can reminisce about some of the stuff that came out before we were around here in the zombie apocalypse and remind (laughs) you of those good albums, so check that out. And this coming week, we're going to get back on the game. We've got a love letters coming up, courtesy of somebody on this podcast. I won't give that away. You got to read that and check that out. We've got a new edition of Head to Head with Ed featuring Janet Jackson and my boy Damon Dunn. Shout out to my boy Damon. I know he's watching. That'll be up soon. And as a make good, so I didn't have time to review John Legend, by big request, I'm going to review his whole discography and throw Bigger Love in there, too. So you'll get kind of a mini Bigger Love review along with a ranking of his whole discography from 2004 till now. So that should all be up sometime this week unless something crazy happens again. Please don't let anything happen crazy again. I'm tired. (laughs) Well, here's something that's kind of crazy. After this podcast, I'm going to listen to Naked by Marcus Houston while I turn on Netflix. How about that? Just make sure that all the 19 and 18 year olds are hiding away. Relax, Ed. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to keep y'all safe because clearly people are not looking out for their best interests. (laughs) Get somebody your own age and not being nasty. (laughs) All right, Ed, I think that's it. We're going to get in trouble soon, but uh, we'll get Tom back next week and uh, we'll do this again once again. Once again. Holla, Peace.